Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, you might as well brace yourself for this huge announcement because guess who's back? Ladies and gentlemen, that would be Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, and quite frankly, this is actually fitting to have him back because, Wiley, it seems to me that the Dallas Cowboys are already fucking up next season. But then again, should I be surprised? No, you shouldn't, Alex. And this is also going to serve as sort of the post-mortem episode for the playoffs as far as when you and me do the show together. Because for years and years we have done the show together and tried to be honest about the team. Last season was basically a story of them getting really lucky and having a soft schedule. And then everyone knew, as far as people on the show, you and me constantly predicted a massive collapse constantly talked about the fact that even if they were winning it was illegitimate and the moment the very second they had a chance to be defrauded they were embarrassed by the Niners a joke team that limped into the playoffs Zeke is bad Dak is bad and this overall is a team that is taking what didn't work last year and doubling down on it it's pathetic and and I said on my show as soon as they were they lost to San Francisco, you know I should have waited for you, but look I had to get it out there. But they were fully exposed more than ever of just how overrated and arrogant the Cowboys were. And let me make this perfectly clear because I know Wiley for a fact that you agree on with me on this. The Cowboys beat nobody, absolutely nobody last season. Oh, they were horrid. In, the ter- in terms of looking at their strength of schedule, it was very weak. They got most of their wins out of the division. They did very well in the division, which if you play in the NFC East, you got to clean up the division games. And that's what I was saying since week one, as we were saying, well, the Cowboys are playing in this division that is insanely soft. And it's sort of to the point where if they win the division games, the other teams are going to be so bad where they have to do very little to actually win. And it got to that point, they got into the playoffs without really beating anyone. The most notable games that we saw were the ones versus the Chargers, who are probably the worst coached team in the entire league. And they pretty much got an undeserved win out of that because the Chargers coach was so dim-witted. Yeah. And I mean, after, yeah. I mean, Justin, make no mistake, Justin Herbert could have easily kicked their ass. The only reason that didn't happen was, like you just mentioned, it was the coaching. I mean, hey, Justin Herbert didn't quit. They quit on him. Well, it's one of those things where we laugh at Mike McCarthy and the play calling of Kellen Moore. But oh, my God. The, the, the Chargers coach was legit just giving away games, like out of hubris. You look at the game versus the Cowboys, their final game of the season. This is like the guy on Madden who goes for it on 4th and 10 every time and then will rage quit if he gets behind. He's somehow figured out how to take a style that dim-witted and short-sighted and apply it to real life. It's just wretched. And and speaking of Kellen Moore, not uh, not surprisingly, the Miami Dolphins, even, even they're not that stupid. They didn't want him. Everybody's still saying Kellen Moore is not the problem. Like, I'm not... Okay, don't even try... Okay, you see just how pathetic the play calling is. Okay, there's you. You're not going to convince me that Kellen Moore is not a problem. Well, you really have to consider there are more than one 
there's more than one problem on this team. If anyone says more is not the problem, they better be arguing that he's not the only problem because he's not. I mean, number sh- one, we have the most overrated quarterback in the league, which would be Dak Prescott. True, but Kell- Kellen Moore does deserve a lion's share of the blame. His play calling's terrible and uncreative. Okay, it's like this: Moore's play calling is is incorrect. To be put it nicely, it's incorrect. Dak Prescott is inconsistent, okay? He's prone to making errors. He has a habit of just playing the hero, and it backfires on him. The offensive line absolutely sucks, and Zeke Elliott just really obviously is not going to do anything. Line's always injured. Zeke gave up as soon as he got paid, and Dak loves to throw at people's feet. That right there is a pretty damning combo. And you know what? And last thing I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not expecting any miracles this season, uh, th- this coming season. I mean, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I'm just gonna be back here doing my show, but I'm just gonna be sitting on the couch watching. And if they, if you see the Cowboys, probably lead for the third three quarters of the game and then collapse and then lose the game, I'm like, well, that's the Cowboys for you. You know, yeah, well, the Cowboys are fr- awful. I mean, they have okay. It's like this: the last time the Cowboys were a good team, there was an affair going on in the White House. I think you know. I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, it, it has been so long since the Cowboys were truly a threat. It's absolutely jaw-dropping. To me, the only years of note are 07 and 2014. The other years, even if they made the playoffs, they weren't a legitimate Super Bowl threat. So it's very disappointing being a Cowboy fan. And it's disgusting to have years like last season where it looked as though the Cowboys were winning one cheap game after another but they were probably going to make the playoffs and you still had you and me sitting there saying even though they got the weakest possible team in the Niners they're still not a threat and even if they do manage to win this game which is like a 50-50 then they're going to get destroyed in the next round so it's sort of pedantic and ridiculous to sit here and talk about the Cowboys as this legitimate playoff threat because news came out today that they're actually trying to get rid of Amari Cooper and that sort of thinking that, oh, we're going to use Michael Gallup as the primary number one guy because Cooper is always hurt and Michael Gallup is the next best thing. Oh, Michael Gallup oh has pan hands and can't catch. How are you going to make a guy who can't catch the fucking ball your wide receiver one? Oh, for God's sake. See, now I'm starting, to, now I'm really dipping into the deep persona of the Bear Man. I'm going fucking crazy here, Wiley. I mean, it's one of these situations I just want to. Get out from where I'm going, go to the local restaurant, order a Philly, order like 10 wings, order a large side of fries, and just literally eat myself to drown these fucking sorrows because of all the stress. And now I wake up to the news that they want they want to release Amari Cooper, they want to pay Michael Gallup. What the fuck is that? I mean... Oh, it just shows how terrible they are at talent management and asset management and evaluation. Because Michael Gallup is clearly the worst receiver of the three. If you're going to pay someone, pay C.D. Lamb. But But Amari Cooper is a guy who has consistently shown that he is a warrior who will try to play through injury, but when healthy, is probably a top 15 receiver in the league, very good route runner, a dependable guy who matches up stylistically well with Dak. Remember, Dak could not do anything, anything, with Des Bryant throwing up the X. Des was just going off the top and using a style that sorted Tony Roma more more of a freewheeling 
aggressive off the top style. Amari Cooper, known for his very precise, sharp routes. This is a guy that matches up very well with Dak, who badly needs a rock stalwart receiver. With all the mistakes that Dak makes, as far as throwing at people's feet, it's very important to have a guy like Cooper who has consistent route running and good hands. You don't want the number one threat on your offense to be Michael Gallup. That's a joke. Like, the Cowboys are a team that often looks better on paper than how they actually perform. On paper, that looks like a terrible idea to trust Michael Gallup to that extent. There's nothing in his career that shows that he would be up to that ability, and there is nothing that shows that even at a peak level, he would be up to that. I just don't understand how the hell Jerry Jones and his inner circle have more faith in Michael Gallup than they do Amari Cooper. I mean, yeah, oh. like you said, Amari Cooper ha- struggles to stay healthy, but he still tries to come back to the best of his ability. Amari Cooper... Plays through injury, even. Is what? He, Amari Cooper plays through injury, he plays too. Through, he doesn't he just try to come injuries. back. Yes, exactly. He plays through through injuries, okay? And you know what? The fact is, when Amari Cooper came to the Cowboys, I mean, that's what made that's what that's what put Dak Prescott out there. Okay. Yeah, it, people don't remember that after the Des Bryant era failed, when Dak became the quarterback, there was a big question of who are the Cowboys going to draft? They need a legitimate number one receiver. Jason Witten had completely jumped the shark and could only be used as basically a lineman, coach, and blocker. And there was a big question as how the Cowboys are going to fill the void left by Dez. And C.D. Lamb has done a great job sort of solidifying that, but people don't remember that there was a big void before C.D. got there. It, it just absolutely baffles me. I mean, the fact that Rennie Gregory is not even in the, is not even in the mentions of plans to resign, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, not you know, we, we Randy Gregory is one of those guys we should we we would have to bring back. But you know what? The, the fact that we're gonna lose Amari Cooper, then he's probably gonna go. He's probably gonna sign. He's probably gonna sign with either the Was- with the Commanders or the freaking Giants. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But realistically speaking, I can I can see him going to the New England Patriots. But the bottom line is the fact that we get we're gonna stab Cooper right in the back. After everything he's given us, despite the injuries, and we're going to go with a guy that led the league at least three times in drops, who struggles to stay healthy, a guy that you can't, that is not dependable. Like, like seriously, I thought I was the one going insane, but it seems that, you know, now it's justified that I'm going insane, that this team drives me insane. But now, now you, it's even further justified why I tear this team apart. But then again, we're dealing with Cowboys Nation, and we know how in denial Cowboys Nation is. Well, it's an absolutely baffling scenario to be in where you have a receiving core of Schultz, Cooper, CD, Gallup, and the conclusion you come to is, all right, we need to get rid of Amari. That would be probably the last thing that I would think. The first conclusion I would draw is that Michael Gallup isn't any good. If and Michael Gallup, remember, was hurt for the majority of last season as well. He sustained a pretty severe injury and missed like six weeks, so... It's not like Michael Gallup's out there like dropping a lot of balls but being an Iron Man. He was injury prone as well. And to me, it's sort of ridiculous to give Amari Cooper that big five-year, $100 million deal and like feel so good about it, pat yourself on the back, oh, he chose us over Washington. And then what? Like You have a bad year because 
Dak's not any good and Zeke checked out, you got an overperformance from your defense and still couldn't make it out of the first round, then you're going to blame Amari Cooper? It just is fucking nonsense. It's short-sighted. Yeah. It's dim-witted. It doesn't even make sense on a superficial level. Like, who watched this team and came to the conclusion, like, oh, Amari Cooper's the problem? The only negative thing you can say about Amari Cooper is he has been injury-prone a little bit, but, you know, we've spoken at length about his toughness, and it's sort of a bad luck thing. He's not like a Grady Sizemore type, where it's like, oh, he's just never going to be healthy. I mean, the headline from this is, Cooper did not quit on the Cowboys. The Cowboys quit on him. But that even that even that's not 100% correct, because the way I see it, the Cowboys stabbed, stabbed Cooper in the back. Well, to me, this decision rings like one of those that's going to come back to bite him in the ass. Oh, yeah. This this really does feel like one of those goofball decisions that he's going to sign with the Eagles and have a two-touchdown game. I mean, you, you just wait. If I, if I were to bet, I would, I would bet that the Giants were probably going to make a move on him. They have no receiving court. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, over the ceiling, they still have, you know, Danny Dimes. But, you know, they have a new coach, you know, who really has potential, but... I think they're going to get rid of Daniel Jones. I think the Daniel Jones gimmick experiment is over. Speaking of getting rid of there's a lot of guys the Cowboys should get rid of. Number one would be Connor Williams. That's a fucking no-brainer. Number two is Leighton Van Der Esch. You have to get rid of him because, you know, he, he, was, he, he was healthy. Well, he was healthy all last season, but overall he's been struggling to stay healthy. I mean, if we can keep Leighton Van Der Esch for the right price, then fine. But if if he's gonna demand a blockbuster deal, then I'm like, no, you don't even you, you don't bother anymore. That's it, because we need to we need to keep that money safe so we can re-sign Trayvon Diggs and Ceedee Lamb in the future. Like, do you, why do you think we should give up on Van Der Esch? Is it all about health? Like, Van Der Esch is him, Parsons, and Diggs are the backbones of the defense. Everyone else is virtually replacement level or I mean, worse. If Van Der Esch does it doesn't like. Flood on, on a deal, like, demands all that much, then fine. But if he does, then, then like that. But the problem is with Van Der Esch is overall, he's a, you know, he, he has on his rookie deal, he, he has struggled with injuries. And honestly, he can get injured any time. That's what worries me the most. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, like, I agree. You don't pay him. You don't give him a big contract. But I don't see how, like, item fucking number two on your docket can be get rid of Van Dresch when, like, he's probably the third best guy on the whole defense. I mean, I think more than anybody, you got to get rid of Connor Williams. Gotta, yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably, I would probably have to put Michael Gallup at number two, honestly. I mean, Williams needs to go, Gallup needs to go. What's sick about the Cowboys is they are actually probably thinking that Diggs is going to have even more interceptions next season than he will, and they think that Parsons is going to develop into an all-pro talent. This is an organization that any time they get a recruit or a young player that has a lot of talent, they sort of expect them to develop into a Pro Bowl talent and continue to exceed expectations while never surrounding them with the appropriate pieces. And I think next season the Cowboys' defense is going to take a big step back. I mean, it might it might happen. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, but you know, speaking of the defense, you know, despite all the negativity from last season, you know, Dan Quinn deserves much praise because Dan Quinn just turned the way he turned that defense around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but we'll go this season. The fact that you know that we're still stuck with Kellen Moore. I mean, at the end of the day, 
As much as I wanted Miami or Jacksonville to take him, I'm not surprised that they didn't take him. I mean, and some people really ask, you know, what, what's my what's my problem with Kellen Moore besides the fact that I don't like his play calling? I'm like, I've explained it. Like, the fact that he, okay, when he was given the, those duties, I mean, like I said, I never trusted him because people still think I'm messing around when I said, like, I never trusted Kellen Moore. Did I not say that when we first sp sp spoke about this back in 2019? I don't think anyone asking that question... Like, I don't think it's a good question because the guy's job is to be an offensive coordinator. So, and if he has play calling duties, which he does and or did for a majority of his tenure, like, you don't have to have anything wrong with him other than his play calling ability. Like, that can be the, the one thing that you can dislike. It's the defining factor of his job. It's not, to me, like, the question's sort of disingenuous in the sense that it's like, Oh, what are you like biased against him? You don't like the cut of his jib? It's like, no, he's just terrible. He's terrible. He's and still like got that, the Jason that... Garrett mentality in his head. Right, but that's it. Like that's the only fucking excuse you have to have about why you don't like him. Like yeah. a lot of like if you rip into a guy that deserves to be ripped into, a lot of fanboys will be like, What, do you hate him? And it's like, No, I don't hate him. He's just fucking terrible at his job. He's terrible at his job and when it comes to play, calling the plays, that's something that you need to you need to work hard and earn for. Like they just gave it to him. You don't give the play calling duties to somebody who doesn't have the experience. If you ask me. Yeah, and you have this old school guy in Mike McCarthy who's never been known as an offensive mind, and you're sitting there doing the Dak show, pretending like he's top tier because he's in all the soup ads, and then what you get is a horseshit inconsistent product. You're sitting there saying, "Oh well." We're, Zeke Elliott's the guy, he's the carry. Zeke blatantly doesn't try in every game. He broke 100 yards like twice all season. He's a fraud. He's a quitter. He embarrasses the team. He disgraces the Cowboy Blue. That's the guy you decided to hit your wagon to. The other guy, your supposed number one, the receiving option, you decided that the main problem with your offense is him and you're going to cut him. Like, this is the team the Cowboys put on the fucking field last season. It's no surprise they got laughed at the playoffs after barely winning one of the worst divisions in NFL history. Unbelievable. And, you know, as far as, like, even if I said, you know, even despite the offensive line being bad, I still feel like if, if Zeke Elliott had put more effort, it, it would, there would have been a little bit more on that play, but, but we saw it. But, you know, I'm not, you know, I understand it if he was supposedly hurt, but you know what? He insisted he was fine, so you know what? I'm gonna t I, I took his word on it. You know the fact it's that not he was hurt. fine. Like it's ridiculous for us to sit here when he's not listed on the injury report, and he didn't say anything about being injured, and he's blatantly not trying, and we're over here like ostentatiously giving him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's hurt. He's not hurt. He doesn't give a fuck. He's and we've paid. seen that. We've that, seen that, that for two years now. It's like. We're actually not doing our job as journalists if we sit here like literally 30 weeks into him not blatantly not giving a fuck. Being like, maybe he's hurt. Like, maybe he's a self-absorbed cocksucker. Maybe he checked out. Maybe he never cared about the Cowboys. Like, those are the questions we should be asking. Not like, maybe there's an injury that's been occurring for two years straight that happened to coincide right with exactly. him getting the fucking contract. No, fuck that. He gave up. He, he quit on his up. team. I think he gave up a long time ago. I, I don't. I, I mean, he did. I mean, as soon as soon as he as soon as he signed his name on that dotted line, boom! 
And that was almost three years ago. And speaking of the running back position, I'm telling you, it makes me sick, absolutely sick, that you have a guy like Tony Pollard who is motivated, dedicated to playing the game and to giving us the results. And we, we see what he does when he gets fed the ball. You see it, Wiley. You ask yourself, why the fuck is he not being fed the ball more? Oh, let me guess. It's because Zeke Elliott is the superstar, right? I mean, yeah, he's the one who has the contract, right? I mean, as much as I want Tony Pollard to stay with the Cowboys, my advice to him, no, dude, do not sign with the Cowboys. Go somewhere where you can actually play football. Play somewhere where you're not going to be held back. Well, what's funny they is Zeke holding, could have... They have been holding Tony Pollard back, and it is pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. The funny thing was that Zeke was so horrifically bad, they started just using Pollard as the main back, and Pollard was like two or three times better. That's something we were on early, calling for the institution of Pollard in the offense. And it's funny to see how even when Pollard started doing really well, like Zeke had already been paid, so it didn't do anything for him. He still just continued to half-ass and intentionally fall down before the point of first contact. Zeke is a bad, he's a bad guy and a bad teammate. It goes beyond like having a bad an off year. You know, speaking of the expensive, con uh, speaking of expensive contracts, Wiley, uh, the Cowboys need to restructure a couple of contracts. I mean, number okay, the top priorities if we if, if we're talking about restructuring, that would be Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. I honestly think it's absolutely laughable to sit here and have these conversations about contract restructuring. It's like the Cowboys gave this moron player one of the worst contracts in NFL history. And they did so in a way that was like very obviously like disingenuous and clout chasing. And then we're sitting here like, yeah, they really need to re restructure that awful deal that we everyone knew was awful and they gave to like basically play for clouts and clicks. Oh, of course we gave Dak the big deal. He's a leader. Haven't you heard about his brother? Haven't you heard about his upbringing? Yeah, we well, we had to pay Dak. I mean, what were we going to do? Try to get a quarterback that was better than above average? And it's like, you have a team that does that, and then we're sitting here like, these monster contracts they gave the replacement-level players? Yeah, they're a problem. Yeah, no shit they were a problem. We called they were a problem. They're not going to restructure them. The players are not going to sit let take sit there and take less money after robbing the team. Zeke oh, sat there and literally robbed the team. He's like actively stealing from the team every week. Think he's going to give up his free paycheck? No, LOL. I mean, at the end of the day, it was it was Jerry Jones who gave, who gave him what they wanted. That's Jerry Jones for you, but... Yeah, 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 you're, you're right. It, it's The fact that it's silly, it's because these contracts... You Basically, you're trying to say those contracts never should have happened, right? Of course, we said that at the time. I mean... You know, you, you can vindicate me on this, but, you know, because apparently, because, you know, I was never in favor of, of paying Dak. If I was, if, if Dak hits the bricks and goes away, fine. I don't care. He doesn't, de he doesn't deserve that, that God-tier money, okay? Because we, we still ask ourselves this. What the fuck has Dak Prescott done? Besides, besides you know, beat against these sh shitty teams, there's the reputation right there. Oh, look at him. He throws for 400 yards against a, the, uh, against a fraudulent New York Giants team. Well, here, come the, here, come, here comes the Green Bay Packers. What does he do against the Packers? Nothing. And it's funny. You can always tell a dim-witted, normie cowboy fan by how quick they bring up Dak's pass yards. 
It's like you're having a discussion about Dak with some jerk-off in a jersey. And here he comes, well, Dak, it's passing yards. You know how many passing yards he had last season? That's one way that you can tell if someone doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's one of the first things they bring up is Dak's fucking passing yards. Exactly. And you, and you know how I answer it? I say it like this. Yeah, I do know about his passing yards. And I know about the fact that 90, 99% of them came in garbage time. Yeah, they get, the guy cleans up in garbage time. They get they get raffle stomped. Remember that remember that famous game where they were down like 30 to 0 at one point. This is against the Broncos this last yeah. season. Yeah, I do. And re, like the end the finals like 16 to 30 and idiots who didn't watch the game were like, "Oh, it was kind of close." And it's like, "No. no. They were down 30-0 and got embarrassed by a shitter team." And that's like Dak Prescott, the fucking anecdote. Like, if you were to sum up Dak Prescott's career, that's how you would sum it up. Is like, he was really disappointing against bad competition and embarrassed himself. And then, like, in the last 30... <laughs> the last 30 minutes of, like, actual TV time, like, the last fucking eight minutes of football time, he was getting passes in against, like, prevent defense... And what do you see when that happens? Empty fucking passing yards. And Empty like idiots look at the yards. box score and think that means something. It just amazes me that that shit just never ends. I guarantee, I guarantee you, now that now that we're in off-season mode, there's already these Cowboy fans are saying, oh, we're going to win it. We're going to win it in 2022. Oh, my God. Well, I, I, I don't even mind that. Like, you're, because, like you're because, normal. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, because we can laugh at them. I, th I think that's why you don't mind it, because we can, we can just sit there, we can just stand there and laugh right at them. Well, I don't I don't mind, like, the, the off-season delusion so much, where, like, some stuff can still happen, and you're excited for the season. The worst is when it's, like, week six, and people are pretending that they're a playoff threat. What was sick about this last season is due to, like, weird, fluky scheduling stuff. And the division being the worst division in like NFL history, the Cowboys looked decent for the majority of the regular season, and we had to do a lot of show episodes that were like, the Cowboys collected an auto win this week, but trust us, they're still bad. And I feel like a lot of listeners were listening to that and being like, oh, like Alex and Venom are going to have to eat crow on this next week's episode because the Cowboys, like, eked out a win versus like a Raiders tier team then you have games like the Bronco game it's like so you, it's a game that you like pencil in a win on in the schedule it should be an auto win and what happens they get fucking laughed out of the building and then like the same fans that would not even acknowledge that game sit there and are like well it was only 16 to 30 like that, 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 like if you were to just freeze frame that Cowboys game, like halfway through the fourth quarter when it was thirty to zero, that's like one of the most embarrassing Cowboys games in like recent team history. Where that's like right up there with that fucking Vikings playoff game, right up there with that like forty-four to six loss against the Eagles in Philly on the last game of the year, one of the Romo chokes. Like that game was an abhorrent disgrace. And you, like, the, the the same Dak Dick writers that give us death threats in the comments look at that game and say, like, well, Dak did pretty good. Look at those yards. And they only lost by 14. Dak did pretty, you know, and it's just like, these are the court of people you're dealing with. Right. 
and you know and you know to remind everybody the people that love Dak they're the same people that hated Tony yes of course oh yeah 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 I mean, and it does not surprise me that, you know, here, here we go, starting off the offseason, that, you know, Mari Cooper is, is going to be released later this month. You know, he's what he's about to be due, like, $20 million in guaranteed money. And then we're going to place our faith. Well, the Cowboys are going to place their faith. I mean, I'm not, I can't speak for both of us because that's not us. But, yeah, they're going to place their faith on Michael Gallup. And I'm just like, and I'm, and, and I'm, supposed, to, I'm supposed to stand there and, and praise that? No. Yeah, one thing one thing that we I spoke about especially on the show that you intelligently echoed and backed up was it's hard to have a season where you get in the playoffs and you're a legitimate playoff caliber team. I said earlier in this episode there's only been a couple instances of the Cowboys in the last 20 years being a real Super Bowl threat and even these seasons where you get into the playoffs is pretty rare because we think like even in this joke NFC lease where the Cowboys are largely in it like a meme and an embarrassment with the rest of the division, this is a division that gets won by a different team every season for like 20 years. In theory, as weak as this division is, the Cowboys should be demolishing it very consistently every season. It's simply put, not the case. The Cowboys have pissed away division leads and Really, in a in a division that only has Philly, who is like a weird cowboy doppel, doppelganger, but worse, they managed to consistently piss the division lead away. I think like next season, Philly might even win 10 games and the Cowboys could win 9. So, the point is that you can't just throw away playoff seasons, even though we bashed this team and they did look pretty jokish. You can't just be like, oh, well... I mean, that's another year of Tyrone Smith wasted, like another year of the elite line wasted. And what do you, like, and to what end? You're sitting there saying to yourself, like, oh, well, we'll get him next year. We'll restructure the DAC deal. And it's like, well, okay, but they're, st- they're still hard capped. Like, they're still not never going to be that good. I mean, I have to stick my guns because I'm like I'm not convinced of anything until as long as Jerry Jones is in charge. Jerry Jones has been the problem since 1996. Jerry Jones ran Jimmy Johnson out of town because of some stupid comment that he had to say to the media. And I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's the problem with with, with most of these coaches. That was the problem with Garrett, and and, and and you know this has been the problem with Mike McCarthy. They're yes men. They're yes guys. Bill Parcells was not that. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, as long as you, the fact is with Jerry Jones, all that power, they're, they're, he's going to offer that paycheck to just an, yes, another guy who's going to be his yes man. I mean, as long as long as that keeps happening, <laughs> I don't expect any success. I mean, I'm already at the offseason. I'm not expecting any miracles this season. I'm just going to sit there and, and watch what happens. I mean, here we go. I mean, early offseason bullshit. Releasing Amari Cooper, giving you know, opening the vault, you know, and giving a large sack of money to Michael Gallup, you know, who 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 has dropped, you know, led the league in, in drops at least twice, you know, who can't stay healthy. It's pathetic, you know, and we're and you know, and we're still sitting out there letting Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott take large chunks out of the funds. It's just it's incredible to me that we watch this team every year, and every year it's sold as this bill of goods that's playoff ready. And every season, 
were in this position where they're expected to go to the playoffs and expected to compete. And they have this supposed like core down, the Gallup, Zeke, Dak, plus the good O-line. And they're taking the only functioning component of the combo and fucking it up. It's total nonsense. Total nonsense, indeed. But we're talking about the rest of the offseason, so do you have have any expectations for this offseason? My expectations are for them to give Cooper away and for them to not add to the O-line. And I think that overall the team will get a little worse. And the defense, of course, will not perform like it did last season. And ultimately, they will disgrace themselves and probably miss the playoffs to Philly. I think that as flawed as Philly is, obviously like Washington and the Giants are both probably bottom five teams. People got off on pretending Washington was some sort of defensive juggernaut. That was always ostentatious garbage. The Giants are, of course, like one of the most fraudulent, dysfunctional organizations in the NFL with the Mara show and the Danny Dimes experiment, which was doomed to fail due to stupidity. And the Cowboys, they should really just be racking up division titles, just one after the other, putting for birdie at three feet away, and they're fucking it up every time. And it's sickening because maybe in seven years when the the Dak-Zeke experiment's finally over and they get some new guy who's like a junior in high school right now that we've never heard of who's really good, maybe then Philly and New York and Washington will be, a couple of them will be above average and maybe one of them will be good. Point being is when your division is historically bad, you can't be throwing away entire seasons for no reason. See, and based on what you say, I'm sure that, you know, in about a year from now, you're going to be back here telling everybody, I hate to say I told you so, Wiley, but I told you so. Well, and you and me have been on this literally for years, saying that Dak and Zeke are overrated, specifically Zeke. And it's interesting to me that We're sitting here after an entire season of smoke and mirrors and basically like feeding red meat to the base of the dim, the most dim cowboy fan, the lowest common denominator, like the the Jesus Ramirez that leaves us death threats in broken English. Like those dumb motherfuckers were sitting there gobbling up all these joke wins against the Giants and Chargers and Panthers without McCaffrey and Horn. With a big old banana grin thinking this is the year. This is the Super Bowl year. And it was not surprising at all to see them flame out in the first round. And let's keep in mind, every single team in the NFC was better than the Niners. I know that the Packers embarrassed themselves and lost against them. But obviously if they played ten times, Packers would probably win eight of those. So... They were never going to beat the Rams. I was saying that since the preseason episode of the show. They were never going to touch the Rams. It would have been cool to see them play the Packers. And there would have been merit in beating the Niners and then losing a close game to the Packers. But they essentially defrauded themselves and lost in one of the most laughable ways possible. And like that last sequence on... (laughs) And the fourth quarter against the Niners where Dak did that run and then they like idiotically tried to 
get the ball off. That was just like everything about that just screamed like you have been defrauded and exposed in the moment. You might have gotten around the regular season illegitimately, but in that moment, Dax's dim-witted, knuckle-brained, glazed-eyed mindset and intelligence level really shone through. Kellen Moore, who can only set his plethora of offensive weapons up to fail and minimizes his talent, it doesn't have any sense of creativity, doesn't have any game sense either, just to watch him and Dak work together, and it's just the blind leading the blind. One dim, self-absorbed animal meets one clueless bozo who really isn't even cut out to be an equipment manager, and neither one of them have any fucking clue what's going on. In that moment, that shone through so clearly and brightly that it was the epitome of the fucking 2021 season summed up into one glorious moment. Or you could put it put it in this way: that was the Cowboys embarrassed. That was what was lying under the surface through the entire season that people who are sycophants were too cowardly to point out. And in that moment, the Bear Man and Venomous Stare were vindicated. Kellen Moore and Dak, with that idiotic, gaping look of shock on their face, Dak gutlessly praising the fans for throwing shit at the refs. It wasn't the ref's fault, stupid. You dunce. You fucking overpaid you bozo. Pissed, be pissed at Kellen Moore. Be pissed at Mike McCarthy for approving of that goddamn play. Oh, we're gonna... No timeouts? Let me run it right down the seam. Yeah, that's called being a dumb bitch. And the fact that this is the guy that the Cowboys hitched their wagon to in a way that is both ostentatious and also sort of a hand-wringing, people-pleasing me move is sickening. This is the Albert Fujols contract given to a man in his prime. A four-year albatross that disgraces the team and shreds any sort of legitimacy of the line. When Dak Prescott was in his rookie year and carrying the team and playing well, it was due to the line being S-class. The line continues to wither and can't stay healthy. The left tackle, Tyron Smith, who was once the best lineman in the league, is averaging about six games a season. The middle of the line is torn up as well. This is not a team that could be quietly carried by its line and have a below-average Dak Prescott. Its flaws hidden behind said line. This is a line that is deteriorating to the average side of the spectrum, and that really makes it where flaws show up more prominently. I mean, and for the record, everybody, I did in fact get a death threat from a YouTuber named Jesus Ramirez. It's not exaggerating. And brother, oh, if, it's if, multiple. If, he, if he's still if he's still listening, dude, hey, if you're gonna threaten my life, hiding behind a computer screen, buddy. You don't scare me. The only thing you prove is the fact that you feed off of bullshit. I'm pretty sure you watch CNN because, you know, that's probably how stupid you are. But you got to understand, okay, I might not agree with you. You might not agree with me, but understand this. I'm not bullshitting you, okay? I'm just telling well, you the truth. You got to understand. I mean, you might not handle it, but understand I'm just being honest. The Cowboys it's suck. Not, <laughs> it's not one guy either. It's like multiple people with, like, the death threats and the crazy comments. It's not just Jesus Ramirez. You got a bunch of people saying the dumbest shit imaginable. 
And it's funny, like, they're almost always Dak fans. But you know what's really funny out of everything is right before I can actually respond, they del- those comments are deleted. Well, a lot, a lot of people will type some wild shit and then think better of it, but it's crazy. Like, you can say something accurate about a sports team and people take it personal on, like, a weird visceral level, but I think we pretty much covered the Cowboys last season and how they, they were embarrassed and previewed the fact that next season is going to be embarrassing because i'm telling you defensively they're going to rest on their laurels and they're going to let guys like gregory go and they're going to get a little worse there and Diggs and Diggs and parkins parsons aren't going to do what they did last season they're sort of expect they're probably going to be about the same if not a little worse but the cowboys are expecting them to like double in fucking value which is ridiculous so I just feel like the, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are due for regression. I don't think we have the schedule out yet, but I cannot wait till they release it because I think once we shadow box this next schedule, there's going to be a lot more losses in it. Because if you remember, in the beginning part of the year when we were doing nearly every show together, I was sitting there saying the Cowboys are not that good and they're not a playoff threat, but they're going to win this division. Because look at the schedule, like. They're 3-0, and and they have seven more auto wins, LOL. That's, you know, 10 wins in a division where people are going to look at it go 500. So it could be a similar thing next season. The NFC is being shaken up again with Brady retiring. I heard someone pose a question today. Who's the best quarterback in the league? And, like, the default, like, responses for a decade are sort of no longer valid. Breeze is gone, Brady is gone, Rodgers is about to be gone, so it's sort of interesting that like the last pantheon of great players from our childhood are finally like retiring. Right, and and unfortunately in our case, it's it's kindly reminding us that we're starting to get old. Yeah, like but- I, this makes me feel old when guys like that retire and whenever people don't get my Modern Warfare 2 references, I think those are the two things that make me feel oldest well before we go i do actually want to uh give a shout out to one of the most loyal listeners to this show and who's aware of the death threats uh i've gotten because he asked me like it would be why don't you have them on the show so they can actually exploit their opinion and and like that i'm like well the problem is these people they're not they use fake usernames and things like that i mean if if it was a legitimate person yeah i would invite them to show because to talk to them so you know to see really how they are but the problem is, is they're fake people. Well, it would be a funny bit to have one of these cretins yeah. come on the show and yeah, say, I, I, oh, I mean, Dak, Dak is the best. Have you seen his yards? We don't need those people on the show. We can merely accurately report the comments <laughs> that these fucking animals leave. Because right. it's the same shit. Like all these people saying these hateful things, they're all, they're all fucking yeah. dick riding Dak. They hate Tony. Like, let me, I mean, I can paint a picture for you right there. It's like your typical, like, the Cowboys suck because of Romo person who now thinks, like, Dak's good because he throws garbage time yards. Yeah, Those are the people. And to answer like, this you week's question as well, sorry, go ahead. We don't, you just, there would be no value in having someone like that on. Yeah. It's just, you know, based on things like that, like, we have somebody that really wants to disagree. Sometimes you just bring on to kind of learn about him. But yeah, you, but yeah you're right, but... But to, also, this guy had another question. Uh, 
uh, why did Mr. He Jesus Ramirez send me that? Well, the problem is, obviously, it's because he doesn't agree with me, but apparently threatening to kill me and doing it behind a computer screen somehow makes him feel better. And and, and, and quite frankly, guys, I swear to God, that was the dude's username. I don't even know if it's his real name or not. He, his channel, his YouTube channel had nothing. I mean, even though, I mean, because you know when you get a phone notification, if you click on it, it'll say not available, but you can actually kind of see it as a preview before you click on it, Wiley. Have you ever gotten that, those? See, th that's how I knew I got the death threat, but I actually did look up, did, I did manage to find the dude's YouTube channel, there was nothing, so it was obviously a fake person, so. Well, I mean, yeah. come on, it's like, if, if you have a YouTube account, the way it works now is if you don't set it, if you don't set up a pseudonym specifically, it just defaults to your Google, your like Gmail info. So like, oh, he didn't have any videos, he had default pick. So, and like, yeah, of course it's his real name. He's just logged into his Gmail. Probably. And, and he just isn't, like, anytime you get moronic comments like that from a def like, yeah, a default picture, no videos, big surprise. Like, rarely are you going to get, like, those really dim-witted, hateful comments from people who are actually out there, like, trying to make content themselves. It's usually the people who never contribute anything that are the loudest and cuntiest. It's pathetic, but... Just kind of shows out there that there's people who who just think they can hide behind it, hide behind a screen, say whatever they want, and then they just they merely cower away. They delete their comment and cower away. But you know what? I'm used to. I'm, I'm honestly used to it because you know, like like you said a long time ago, it, it's something that we learned on our own. You know, you're doing your job if you're pissing people off. Exactly, and Jesus Ramirez and any other Dak Dick Rider kick rocks. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Riley, do you have anything to say? Yes, follow my social media, Twitter account, and YouTube, at VenomousStare. Make sure to sub to the channel and leave a like. Alright, y'all take it easy now. Riley, talk to you easy. later. Easy.